0: Entrepreneur on Fire, 598. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Well, here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride. Ignite. Where do I go to learn the latest about Adobe, WordPress, and Facebook ads? lynda.com Get access to over 2,000 video courses free for seven days by visiting lynda.com slash E-O-F That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash E-O-F 99designs has thousands of designers from all over the world ready to tackle your next design project. Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Jordan Harbinger. Jordan, are you prepared to ignite? I am indeed. Yes. Jordan has always had an affinity for social influence, interpersonal dynamics, and social engineering. He has also worked for various governments and NGOs overseas, traveled through war zones, and been kidnapped not once, but twice. He'll tell you the only reason he's still alive and kicking is because of his ability to talk his way into and out of just about any type of situation. Jordan, given our listeners just a little overview. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business.
1: Sure. So I essentially used to be a lawyer on Wall Street, started a podcast in my friend's basement in 2006. It ended up getting tremendously popular it was based on networking and relationship development and it started off sort of like our dating lives essentially (laughs) but it, it then quickly went back to what it originally was supposed to be which is dating relationship development and also networking for business and that's sort of where we've run our focus at the art of charm shows really grown since then we were on satellite radio for several years and doing the podcast at the art of charm and now we're crushing it, number one in self-help, number one in health, depending on, you know, which hour of the day you're looking at it in iTunes. And, uh, yeah, The Art of Charm is out in L.A. We have guys from all over the world fly in to our residential programs. We have a school out here where we essentially teach you first impressions, nonverbal communication, nuanced social dynamics, persuasion skills, relationship development, dating skills, anything like that. And, you know, married and single guys alike come from as far away as Australia China, the Netherlands, Scandinavia, Europe, all over the US and Canada to learn these skills from our coaches. And it's just been a heck of a ride.
0: Wow, well I will tell you, you are up at the top there. I can see you battle Savage Love back and forth for that number one spot. And I'm looking at your past guest list. And I mean, Antonio Centeno, Abel James, Chris Ducker, Ryan Holiday, Robert Green. I mean, these are all people that I've recently had on Entrepreneur on Fire as well, which is fascinating about how well these entrepreneurs can transition from the health to the business and back again and, and how much they can bring to an audience in different levels. And that, Fire Nation, is why I love podcasting and why I'm really excited to bring Jordan on today because this guy, man, he has been there when the day started. Back in 2006, he made it through the storm, the desert, with no oasis to where he sits now as the number one and or number two podcast in the health section. Amazing. Amazing. And Jordan, we're going to really talk about that journey. We're going to dive into specifics. We're going to talk about successes, aha moments, failures, all the way around. But before we do, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away.
1: Sure. Fortune favors the bold. And uh, it actually comes from a bunch of different places. People aren't even necessarily sure. And I'm sure a super educated listener out there will will know. It's a Latin quote. (laughs) I won't attempt to pronounce and don't have in front of me, but "fortune favors the bold" or "fortune favors the brave" is essentially what what that is. And, and what I mean by that is it, sort of a it's sort of analogous to the harder I work, the luckier I get. I think that's an Edison quote as well. And what that means to me is essentially it, it can be related to anything, business or or you can go thirty thousand foot overview by people who take action, people who step outside their comfort zone are those who seem to be the luckiest or seem to win the fortune, but also it can be down to reaching out to you or to another person who you don't know and saying, Hey, listen, you know, I have an idea and facing potential rejection. I, you know, you could have said, you know what, I don't even like you. You're not coming on my (laughs) show, and also I hate your logo. So go away. And I would have just been like, wah.
0: Um, your logo is a martini glass. Who can hate your logo? Exactly,
1: exactly. (laughs) So you know, but you never know. There's people out there, and and you know, this as an entrepreneur. I'm sure you get emails every day where people are like, you're a scammer and a jerk face and you just got to let it roll off your bag. Maybe not you, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and that happens all of the time, not just from people listening to the show or, or subscribing in iTunes or you know looking at my blog or whatever, but from people that you reach out to in business. They might be more tactful about it, but they might say something like, I'm going to pass for now, and here you thought, this is going to be a great deal. This is going to work really well for me. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with Winning the first time, but it has to do with getting through the dip, like you said, with the desert with no oasis. It would have been really easy to quit podcasting over the last seven and a half years. Sure. I did it largely because I love it, but there was there were definitely points in time where I woke up, and I'm sure many an entrepreneur has had this: where you wake up in the morning, nothing is going your way, other than Nada. you're still alive, and you're thinking. I should get a job at the post office. Those people don't worry about anything. (laughs) Or I'm looking outside at construction workers drilling the street and I'm about to, you know, lose my apartment in Manhattan or something, you know, years and years and years ago. And I'm thinking those guys aren't worried about anything. They're in the sun. They're about to go get a sandwich from the deli, go home. They don't care. I'm up here freaking out. My hair's falling out, you know? (laughs) And, but really if you're bold enough, you're brave enough, you're strong enough, you will make it through the dip, especially if you keep working at your craft. And that's why I think fortune favors the bold.
0: Love that. And a quote that I've always kind of attributed a lot of my success to is that luck is when effort meets opportunity. But there's a couple key things in there. You need to be putting in that effort to even be there when that opportunity strikes. And then that is where the luck can come into play. So for me, you know, it's putting in that effort, it's having that daily podcast, it's continuing to put out content to slowly get better at what I do. So when the opportunity comes and iTunes knocks on my door and gives me the award for Best of iTunes 2013, or I get asked to speak at a major conference because I interview somebody that has connections to somebody at that conference just because I do so many gosh darn interviews. That's effort. That's where effort keeps coming in. And that's where the opportunity strikes. And Jordan, what I want to do with you right now is talk about your journey as an entrepreneur because you're our featured guest today. You're one of the few people who I've talked to on Entrepreneur on Fire who, like me, has been in war environments multiple times. As an officer in the U.S. Army, I did a 13-month tour of duty as an armor platoon leader of 16 men, four tanks in Iraq, Fallujah specifically, and it was an intense experience, and only people that have been there really understand what living in those situations are like, and you do too, Jordan, and I want you to tell a natural story of a failure that you've had, but I want you to kind of do a little dip into that, because you had it in your intro, you've appealed to a lot of Fire Nation because of that. Talk to us about something within that time when you were in this war environment that you've now been able to apply to your entrepreneurial career successfully.
1: Sure, I mean, I I had a lot of just crummy things happen for quite a long time. Um, not only, and here's the thing, I, I asked for a lot of the trouble, but again, fortune favors the bold, right? So I when I started The Art of Charm, I was essentially a lawyer. I invested a ton of my money into people and into my business and I was working with a guy, a bunch of guys that I thought were my friends and some of them still are but a lot of them still aren't and I figured that out the hard way because after a while I started getting calls from people and I'll make this a very short story, right? I started getting calls from vendors and things like, hey, uh, so-and-so missed a coaching call. And I'm thinking, that person's not even a coach here. How did they miss a coaching call? This guy's like an intern. And then I thought, okay, maybe there's a mistake. And then I get a call from a vendor, hey, you know what, your uh, promotional flyers are ready for this business at this address. And I'm thinking, there's no business by that name here, but this is a graphic designer, and this business sounds suspiciously like mine but it's going to the headquarters where I house people who work for The Art of Charm. And I figured out that a lot of those people were like, oh, you know what, Jordan just collects checks. You know, <laughs> Jordan and AJ and Johnny, they don't even do anything around here. What we're going to do is go through the leads and in the intellectual property, and we're going to take our expense accounts and stuff like that, and we're going to take some money from clients that we undersell, take the cash, buy some promotional stuff, make a different website on company time, and just sort of create like a crummy clone of The Art of Charm underneath, and that, of course, failed instantly because guys who steal are criminals, not entrepreneurs, and so they didn't understand how businesses work, what kind of work was involved, et cetera, and so they failed, but what that did for me was it damaged our brand a little bit, it made me feel like crap, you know. and it really went to the core of what I thought we were doing, which is building a brand that all of our friends could work with and do this really cool thing and help a lot of people, but it seemed like other people were just more interested in making money and being greedy. And so that really stressed me out because that was kind of a realization like, whoa, this isn't a bunch of guys I really like working together to build something awesome. It's sort of weirdly this in this battle that's going on that I didn't know was happening and now I've got to watch my back, which really sucks because I wanted this to be all sunshine and rainbows back in the day, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And that made me stress out so much. My hair, literally my hair is falling out. I felt awful you know, I had nothing to look forward to because I was just create. I was doing damage control for just months and months. You know, trying to call people that had services sold to them not by the art of charm, but by people working here and being like, "Listen, you know, we feel bad that you had this experience. Do this." We were offering a lot of stuff for free because of people not following through on things they sold and they essentially embezzled from us. And then a bunch of partners were like, "You know what? This is really hard. We, instead of helping you deal with this, we're just going to take." what we think is ours from the intellectual property, you start a sub brand and just, you know, good luck, see you later. So people stole some of our only money making products at that point and created standalone brands and all that stuff and it's, it's kind of funny now because nobody, none of them are around anymore really, except save for a few and they're not doing that well. But at the time, it was the worst and I don't really care if they were making money or not. Having somebody you think is one of your best friends and your roommate for years that you moved out of a trailer park in Florida Going, you know what? You're I don't want to work with you because it's hard. And so I'm just gonna take one little things you have left and and say goodbye. That was the worst because it made me feel like I couldn't trust anyone, which thankfully turned out not to be true. But it definitely, definitely did not help me learn to like and trust other people, which is a bummer because that was the foundation of the art of charm. So it it took me a long time to bounce back from that. Luckily we're stronger than ever. And now I have kind of two sides where I have the warm, compassionate side that's the Jordan that everybody knows on the Art of Charm podcast. But there's also that little edge that people detect when they listen to me where I don't take any <laughs> crap. And I'm very much, you know, I'm, I'm very much like the the teddy bear where it's like, oh, he's so soft. But then you poke it and it's like a dog that you, you're having fun, you're playing with it. And then it's trying to eat and you poke it and it goes Vrr. and you're like, whoa, OK, don't mess with the dog when he's eating. Got it. All
0: right. So, Jordan, there's so many golden nuggets here for Fire Nation. And there's actually one thing that I want to focus on throughout that entire experience that you had. And that's mindset. Now, to be frank, there wasn't a ton that you can do. I mean, you were mired in that. You were entrenched in that situation. But, you know, to kind of give you an example for me. And, you know, you kind of has shared at the beginning where, you know, we do get emails from people sometimes that are just negative and, and they are just harmful and they have nothing positive to say because they're just trolls and they just want to try to take other people down because they're miserable and that's how they operate. And honestly, even on another end of the spectrum, I have people that email me every day with the best intentions for me saying, John, like we love the entrepreneur on fire brands. We've been following you forever. We are part of Fire Nation. We listen to you every single day. Look at this guy. He started this brand, this blank, blank, blank on fire, or is blank on fire, athlete on fire, training on fire, you know, something on fire. You should go get him. You should sue him. That's so wrong. And, and my attitude about that, Jordan, is, you know, I could have this mindset of scarcity, and I could say, you know what? Because somebody else is doing something that's like me, I can have the mindset that they're taking a piece of this pie That's giving me a smaller piece of this pie. And then I could get mired down in that and I could really lose my energy and focus to what I'm creating, which is a podcast that interviews people like you, Jordan, successful and inspiring entrepreneurs and sharing your journey. Or I could rise above and I could say, you know what? They're going to do what they're going to do. And I'm going to focus on my brand, which is Entrepreneur on Fire. And I'm going to continue to try to deliver the best podcast I can every single day of the week, 365 days of the year, because I want to have a mindset of abundance. So Fire Nation, make that decision now when you're starting your journey. Do you want to have that mindset of scarcity or that mindset of abundance? Jordan's graduated to the mindset of abundance. I'm living in the world of abundance, and I'm focusing on that Where are you? And Jordan, from that entire experience, you have a lot of takeaways. Share with Fire Nation one takeaway that you want us to walk away with from that experience.
1: Sure. I mean, one of the things that that came through and that really crept through into the curriculum of the Art of Charm that we still teach is how you do anything is how you do everything. And what that means, that has to do with your physical or your physiology, your mindsets, the way you do business, the way you relate to others. But what that showed me was we went, you know what, we're, we're not going to try to sue everybody into oblivion. We're not going to be jerks. We're not going to blabber and be bad mathing people on the internet. We're not going to go crazy and play defense. We're going to keep creating good stuff. We're going to keep running our awesome programs, our live programs in in New York and L.A., we're going to keep teaching, we're going to keep our brand focused and we're going to keep our heads in the game and our heads down and soldier on and and rally our allies around us essentially as well. And what that proved for, for us was that we could make it through pretty much anything. And what it showed in, in retrospect looking back on it all is the guys who were like, "You know what? I just want to make a quick buck, let me steal from Jordan and AJ at the Art of Charm." Though there's a reason those guys aren't around. It's because People like that went, oh, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought. What's the next thing I can do to make a quick buck? They're not in it for the long haul because people who operate like that, you don't have to worry. You can call it karma. You can call it whatever you want. But really, it's more along the lines of how you do anything. It's how you do everything. If you're looking for a quick, easy dollar, there's probably people listening to you right now that are like, hey, how do I create a six figure a month business that's totally passive that doesn't even require me to work at all? And you're like, uh, you don't. <laughs> you, you get hit by a, a garbage, a hostess truck, you sue them and then you win and you get $100,000 know, a month if you're lucky, right? That's how you do that. That's not a business though. And people who are looking for that, I've found people write me like that all the time and I'm thinking, you don't do that, you gotta do the work. And then three years later, they're writing me back on Facebook, you know what, I'm annoyed because I've been working on this and I signed up for this scammy, multi-level marketing thing and it didn't even work. So now everything's a scam on the internet. And I'm thinking, because you went looking for a quick buck, you got burned again and again and again. And that's so true, regardless of whether or not you do it in business, your relationships with your family, it really shines through in all areas. So it's more than a business takeaway, but how you do anything is how you do everything.
0: And Jordan, we talk about the difference between the sprints and the marathons and which mentality do you want to have, Fire Nation? Do you want to sprint after that quick buck, which to be honest with you is just going to cause you to burn out because there's no passion there, there's no drive, there's nothing real there. Or do you want to just settle in, entrench yourself and get ready for the marathon of life, the marathon of being an entrepreneur, putting in the hard work, Entrepreneur on Fire was going for nine months, three months pre launch and six months post launch before we had our first dollar of actual income when we netted out everything at the end of the month. And since then, obviously, we've gone on and had great months, but th- did not start at the beginning. It took a lot of work and it took that marathon mentality. And with you, Jordan, I want to go to the other end of the spectrum. You just share with us a really tough and difficult time in your life. And we appreciate that. Thank you for opening up that window. But take us now to an aha moment, to an idea that you had at some point in your entrepreneurial journey. Tell us that story, Jordan. Take us down to the ground level. And once you tell us that story, tell us the steps you took to turn it into a success.
1: You know, it's it's funny just to hammer down that last point really quick it's funny people ask me what's the most difficult moment and it's that one it's not getting kidnapped by the secret police in serbia i tell that (laughs) that story on my show and people are like that must have been the most terrifying thing in the world And i'm like it was but at least it was over really fast you know like it was only a couple days (laughs) this thing several months i would not i would definitely get kidnapped again if it meant not going through another business hell like i did earlier um (laughs) <laughs> As for the aha moment, honestly, I have so many, but one of the ones that I thought of that I thought was, was really key was aside from how you do anything is how you do everything, which is, is kind of where I wanted to go with that. But it's essentially the idea, and it's not a brand new novel concept, but it's it's giving so much value that that stuff comes back to you in abundance. And this sounds woo-woo and like I've done too much yoga, lived in San Francisco for too long or whatever, but I want to just break it down in a very scientific way or, or at least very logical way that means that people who are engineers and stuff aren't rolling their eyes and going, whatever, give value. It doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> what I'm saying is the Art of Charm podcast, for example, has been going for seven and a half years. I'm on episode 250 or whatever, five or something like that. I, I don't even know. And by the time that we... 254. We, two, 254. I was going to say, by the time this comes out, it's probably going to be like 280, right? Who knows? So that is... I don't get paid per episode. I actually pay other people to help me with that. I pay for hosting. I pay for the engineer. I pay for a lot of things there. I take a lot of my time. There's opportunity cost, that type of thing. I do it because I love it, but I also do it because I get email every day from people who are like, you are changing my life. You do not get this. Like you saved my life. You saved my relationship. You saved my business. That is one of the reasons that we're doing this. The other thing that you know, we get people all the time that are like, I'm 16, I can't afford any of the products and services that you offer, but I like your show and I just wondered if you could help me with this little situation. I will, you know, have somebody guide them through not coaching, but give them a ton of free resources, a lot of stuff, help them sift through a lot of stuff. I've helped people get jobs, which is not my niche, right? I've helped them nail job interviews. I've helped them do a lot of things and and I don't ask for much in return, maybe an iTunes review here and there, right? But I don't ask for much in return and it's funny because I used to do that just because, you know, I'm kind of a nice guy or whatever and also I like helping people, but I've noticed over the course of the last almost decade here that I'll reach out cuz I need something, either via social media or I'll mention something on the show and it's like I just I have to tell people to stop helping me. You know, I'll say something like, "I really want to get this, you know, thing working." And I'll get so many emails from people that say, "Listen, you changed my life. I will make this for you for free." From from iPhone apps, to Android programming, to website help, to audio editing. I mean, we had an engineer who's a legit full-time audio engineer editing the show for free for us for like two years. And I finally said, listen, I, I have to pay you. I just feel bad now. You know, I, I've gotta pay you. And he's like, ah, all right, here's a really pitiful small amount. And, and the thing is, that, that amount of value giving, of just helping people ridiculously as much as I humanly can, without going broke myself, has resulted in so much coming back to me and there's it's impossible for me not to credit that as an integral building block in our current, currently seven plus figure business because a lot of our quote unquote big breaks come from areas we would never imagine. Somebody reaching out from a big company saying, hey, you know what, you helped me meet my wife, I wanna offer you a contract. You know That would never have happened if we hadn't randomly helped this guy in an email four years ago and that stuff happens seemingly every single day.
0: So Jordan, when I first launched Entrepreneur on Fire, it was September of 2012, and the number one question that I kept getting over and over again is, John, how do you monetize a podcast? Why are you leaving a six-figure job with a great career path ahead of you to launch a podcast where you're just going to talk to other entrepreneurs and and get some insights and share it with whoever decides to listen that day to your podcast, which how are they even going to hear about it? Nobody really got it. And to be frank, I was in that same boat. I didn't really know. But there was one thing I did understand, Jordan, at the age of 32 when I launched was the value of of giving value, incredibly high quality value, consistently in for free. Just continuing to give, give, give. And that's why I was adamant that for the first six months I was not going to take on sponsors. I was not going to be focused on anything that generated income with Entrepreneur on Fire. I was only focused on giving so much incredible value as much as I could to build an audience. And then I knew when the time was right that tipping point would come And the audience would tell me how to monetize. And now here we are, Jordan. When I first launched, people were saying, there's no way you can ever monetize, John. And now we're talking to each other. We're both seven-figure income podcasters. We're on a run rate for over $2 million in 2014. And it's amazing what you can do when you go into it with that mentality. And again, It takes time, and you need to sacrifice at the beginning, and an incredible amount of hard work. I had those nine months again where people thought I was crazy, and sometimes I thought I was too, but if you keep that mentality of giving, 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 so much power can come from that. And what I want to do with you now, Jordan, is talk about today. Bring us to present time. One thing that I've really noticed looking at your show is you went from... You know, pretty decent frequency. I mean, to be honest, when you launched in 2007, and now you only have 254 shows, which is a lot. But I mean, I launched in September 2012 and I have almost 600, but you have increased the frequency incredibly much as of late. Talk to that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because my business started the same way, right? People, I was just talking about things that I liked and people were like, I'll give you $5,000 if I can hang out with you for a weekend. And I thought you're ridiculous. (laughs) I can't accept your money, but feel free to call me when you get to New York or L.A. And they did that, and then it just so many people started doing that 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 became a business, right? It it was the the customers, like you said, the customers told us how to monetize. For me, the reason I started increasing the frequency is, one, I love podcasting, and I looked at, now that I have a full-time engineer working for me, I looked at the amount of shows that I had and I went, I have the next 75 recorded and I, I don't, why am I waiting to release these? Right. So I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to up the value to twice a week and that's going to be a lot of work, but it'll be fun. And then I started recording more and more and more and more guests who are just totally awesome people started to do shows with us here in our studio. And then I went, oh man, not only do I have 75 in the can, but I'm backed up until like December <laughs> this is just this is just ridiculous so if I do it once a week i'm I'm sort of so far behind the times that I don't really like that I want to release this stuff because I'm essentially like a writer that can't get I need to get this stuff out of my head and out to the world because it's an itch if that makes any sense and so I have to scratch that itch, and the way that I do that is by releasing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday now. And I've got another show that I'm launching that's completely different format. That's probably going to air on Tuesdays or Thursdays. It'll be in a different feed and it's on a different network. That's just me and one of my coaches at the Art of Charm coaching somebody live uh, over the phone. And it's it's really it's it's an itch, man. It's so I totally understand you doing eight days of shows. I I'm I'm kind of like hmm, can I do that and get away <laughs> with it, or is my <laughs> bandwidth bill going to be like another mortgage on the house?
0: for $60 a month, I have unlimited bandwidth for daily shows.
1: Yeah, the difference is we have a, a custom plugin that we use, and what that is is we put ads in our entire back catalog for Art of Charm products and services, so our, our hosting bill, uh, it, we serve just hundreds and hundreds of thousands of episodes per, per month, and it, it's outrageous. So
0: let's talk to that. How are ways that you monetize your podcast?
1: Well, first of all, we have our live training programs in Los Angeles and New York. So those are extremely popular. Those are actually sold out well in advance, and we're constantly trying to hire new coaches. And so those are high-end training programs. Those are really great. We get a lot of special forces guys, military intelligence, Google entrepreneurs, a lot of people who are high-end. And we also get college kids who are like, I'm going to valet for the whole summer to pay for this program. We're like, all right, fine. We also have products and services, but also... You know, there's the occasional sponsor that's like, listen, I want to reach a men's demographic. You are one of the largest men's shows in iTunes, period. We want to give you a ton of money for that. And it's like, well, okay, you know, I (laughs) accept. Uh, And that's essentially been it. The products and services are really the crux of it. We're starting to dip into where you are, which is putting sponsors on the show. But I just want to be really careful that I'm not sitting here you know every 5 minutes this segment of the show brought to you by Al Jazeera and also CNN and Fox <laughs> News wait a minute how do i reconcile that you know so it's it's getting there but Honestly, it's all for us. We're, we're focusing on the value and it's really been working. So we're kind of like, let's not screw with the recipe too much just yet.
0: Totally. And it's all about continuing to focus on who matters, your listener. So for me, when I look at my sponsorship schedule, I'm sold out through July, Jordan. I have sponsors coming to me all the time asking to be on my show that I have to turn away because i I only allow two sponsorship slots per episode of Entrepreneur on Fire. I have two 15-second pre-rolls, two 60-second mid-rolls, and that is it. I don't add a third to the pre-rolls. I don't add a third to the mid-rolls. I will not have another show added on, which would bring in a ton of revenue because people are now paying for Q3 $1,200 per episode to sponsor Entrepreneur on Fire. I have two sponsors per episode. That's 2400 per episode. If I had three, Jordan, that'd be $3,400 an episode. That's before I even wake up in the morning. But then what am I doing? I'm not making it a win for my listeners who are now sitting through... 45 seconds at the beginning and three minutes in the middle, it's just a little much. My listeners realize I have to be a viable business on some levels and they will sit through two very targeted sponsorships, but it's only so much. It has to be a win for the listener, a win for me, the host, and then a win for the sponsor who's going to get a good ROI. So it's a triple win. Always look at that first. And Jordan, Obviously, you and I have podcasted hundreds of thousands of combined hours. We could just sit here and talk all day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> but
1: yeah. we not And won't. then you could add more sponsorship slots. Win, <laughs> win, 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 right? What's, what's wrong with that? See,
0: I love the synergy that's happening right now. Let's just talk for another hour. I'll add a couple more. So Jordan, we're about to hit the lightning round, but before we do, let's thank our sponsors dedication passion and pride three words that describe entrepreneurs yes and also soldiers when you get both at once sweetness follows at least in the story that we heard about ryan classy at the age of 22 ryan worked 10 to 12 hour days on a colorado air force base yet he still found time to create a new company classy toffee during the late nights the company creates a fantastic tasting toffee and for every box he sells ryan ships a box to an american soldier stationed overseas absolutely free pretty inspiring right Ryan didn't have a ton of extra time or money to spend on design, but he was able to get a quality logo at a great price at 99designs. His logo makes a strong visual impact. For business owners like Ryan, 99designs is the perfect design partner for everything from logo design to packaging. Ready to start your own success story, Fire Nation? Visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. I'm a huge fan of the Adobe Creative Cloud, which is a subscription-based offer that gives you access to all of Adobe software programs like Photoshop, Illustrator, Acrobat, Audition, and more. But when I first started using these programs, I didn't have a clue how to actually use them. It was pretty frustrating for a while. I felt like I was taking shots in the dark to see what my next guess would be on the right one. And then I realized I was wasting a ton of time guessing when I could have actually been learning from the experts themselves how to properly use these programs. And that's when I signed up at lynda.com and immediately had access to over 2,000 video courses, many of which focus on walking you through how to use every one of these Adobe programs. Sound like something that might save you a ton of frustration and time too? All you have to do is visit lynda.com slash E-O-F to try lynda.com for free for seven days. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash E-O-F. Jordan, what we're going to do now is talk about my favorite part of the show, which is the lightning rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sounds like a plan?
1: Sounds like a good plan to me.
0: What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: You know what? I actually had the dumbest thing. I had this career on Wall Street that I didn't even want. And I didn't want to become an entrepreneur. I had no plans, zero plans. And I decided to launch the show because I loved it and it was fun. And then people started saying, I'm going to give you money whether you like it or not because I want your help. And I went, okay, fine. And me and AJ started, you know, with bar money, then rent money. Then I said, (laughs) why am I doing a job I don't like just to come home where I have a bunch of like part-timers doing the job that I really do like, and then I have to get up the next day and go do the job I don't like for twelve hours. What this doesn't make any sense. So when the market took a downturn, I was just like, screw it, I'm out of here. The the thing that was stopping me is because I, I never thought about starting my own business. I didn't have I didn't know that. I just thought I was the world's crappiest employee. I didn't know the reason was because <laughs> I had the DNA of an entrepreneur, which if you're out there and you're going, I'm a bad employee. Think about, you might be an entrepreneur, and I, I think most people listening probably know that, but if you, it's not necessarily just that one direction where I want to start my own business, I just don't know what or how. A lot of people go, I think I have my own business, how did that happen?
0: <laughs> Jordan, what is the best advice you've ever received?
1: I don't even remember what I was freaking out about last week, for example, but I, I hope that at that point I remembered that this week I probably wouldn't even remember it if that makes any sense. So every day that you wake up going, oh my God, if this happens, then my business is gonna go down the toilet. and That's gonna happen every day of your life as an entrepreneur, so just get used to it. Learn to love it and stop worrying about, stop trying to figure out plan B. I think that's probably the best way to do it. If you, you don't sell, your launch fails. Don't look at where you can get a second mortgage on your house. Just try to figure out what you're doing in the moment. There's something to be said for planning, but there's a lot more to be said for keeping your cool when the you-know-what hits the fan.
0: And Steve Jobs put it incredibly eloquently during his Stanford commencement speech, which you can find on YouTube, Fire Nation, where in a sense, he starts off by saying, we're all going to die. So stop worrying about these little trivial day-to-day things and just live your life. And Jordan, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. This
1: is so weird, but essentially (laughs) one of the things that contributes to my personal success, aside from religiously keeping a calendar, is I go on a bike ride every day, and I don't, I don't go, well, I've got a load of calls, I can't do it. I go on a bike ride every day. My assistant knows not to schedule over that bike ride. It's not like a 45-miler or anything. I literally bar- bike down the Embarcadero on a bike. I'm listening to my headphones, playing this zombie game where zombies chase you and you go faster. I'm literally doing this. <laughs> I'm literally playing this game, and the reason I'm doing that is because and I've skipped it before. I've skipped it before and then the rest of the day I'm frazzled and the next day I'm annoyed and I'm a little bit cranky at my girlfriend when she gets home. I need that because I I think, I strongly believe and there's probably brain science to show this, at least with my brain, there could be, that you just need time to sort of process. It's like a hard drive on a computer. It needs to defrag, right? It needs to go and do stuff and be and have maintenance, and sure, sure, sleep does that, but sometimes for us entrepreneurs where our brains are going a million miles a minute, I think we need time where we are just not doing anything, where we're literally having a physical activity, like take a long shower if you don't have a place to go bike. Do something that is so autopilot that your brain can focus on doing other things at the same time. Because lunch, I'm looking at something, reading something. I'm, I have Chipotle in one side of my mouth, and I'm taking a phone call with the other. Lucky, <laughs> lucky that person, right? Um, but you know, sleep, I'm maybe dreaming about whatever my subconscious mind wants to. But when I'm on that bike ride, it's like writer's block just gets cured. If I'm writing or doing anything, I can be going down the street, and I'll come back home, and I'll go, oh. The solution to that problem I've been straining over all morning, it seems so obvious. It's this and this and this. All right. And, and I survived of, the zombies one more right, day. And I, and I survived the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the boot. And, and it's great because you can sit there and try to swim upstream all you want all morning, trying to rack your brain about about some problem. But if you take a break and you let go of the ropes a little bit, a lot of times that stuff will sort itself out. And as an entrepreneur, those problems are a daily occurrence. There's no way to avoid them. So the best way to do it is to manage it. And that's how I manage it.
0: Jordan, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners?
1: You know what? It's so funny. I'm sure there's a million people that are like, oh, I use this really random thing that does this. I started using a CRM. This isn't even that creative, but I, I started using a CRM, so like Zo- Zoho or Contactually. And what I do is I put all of my contacts in there because essentially what I, my specialty, my expertise, aside from hosting a show, is relationship development and and networking. What I do is I put people in there because you think, oh, I met that person and I should totally call them and then I should check up with them in three months. And how often do you really do that? You never never do that. Admit that you never do that, right? Never. You put them in this program and you set a task for 90 days and my assistant knows how to do this for me. So I'll get an email from someone that's like, hey, will you be on my show? And I'm like, it's I'm really busy and your show's really new. So why don't you work on that, get the bugs sorted out and then we'll talk in six months. I don't wait for that guy to have the entrepreneurial stones to reach back out to me. He might not, it's very, it's more than likely. So I have a little task put in there, not in my calendar, which is meetings and events, but in my CRM. That says, reach back out to John Lee Dumas and see if see how EOF is going. And I'll reach back out and I'll be like, <laughs> "See if that hey, show's man. still alive." Is that show still? Do- Are you still doing that thing that you <laughs> that little silly project that you were going to do back in the day? Why? Yes, I am. Oh, cool. Why don't we do something with that? Okay, fine. We'll set it up. You know, and and you'll have that times a hundred if you're out there networking sure. and and pushing the relationship boundaries. And of course, you know, networking is something that we teach on the show and at the Art of Charm, but it, it doesn't mean throwing your business card in people's face. It means actual relationship development and value giving, those people will remember you and the more you keep in touch, that stronger your network will actually be.
0: Well, Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that Jordan and I have been talking about today at eofire.com slash Jordan Harbinger. Jordan, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be?
1: See, this I'm torn because I really don't like telling people to go out and get more information because I think action is what most entrepreneurs are lacking. Um, but I'll play. I'll play your game, sir. <laughs> I really like. I really like how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Here's the thing: it's literally almost 100 years old, and some of the examples in there totally make no sense because they're about typewriters or something that nobody's even seen <laughs> who's listening to this. <laughs> but the the principles in there are extremely clutch, and they're the foundations of Timeless. a lot of what's applied at the art of charm, which is essentially giving value, asking people for advice and doing it in the right way, figuring out how to help others, being more interested in others. The the specifics aren't necessarily in the book and and that's why I say, hey, go listen to the Art of Charm podcast because that's where the specifics are from today's experts. But go grab the book if you need a book. But really, honestly, take action, do something. Take advantage of many of the resources that are out there. A lot of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs honestly read too much. I know I'm going to get crucified for that, but I think there's a lot (laughs) of information gathering and not a whole lot of follow through.
0: No, I love that. And I actually always say, do you want to just be a consumer or do you want to actually start to turn into a producer? And the more that I became a, a producer with Entrepreneur on Fire the less consumption I was doing. And and to where it's now, Jordan, the only real time that I'm ever consuming anything truly is on my daily jogs or I'm listening to a great audio book or a podcast or at night as I'm kind of winding down, maybe reading a book in bed before I turn the lights off. I mean, that's my consumption period. When I was getting ramped up and I had to learn so much, I mean, that was a period of consumption. But if you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, it got to go into that production mode at some point and it's got to really start to take over and for where I'm at now it's about 955 and fire nation I know that you love audio so if you're like me and you haven't already you can get an amazing audiobook just like this one for free at eofirebook.com that's eofirebook.com and jordan this next question's the last of the lightning rounds but it's a doozy Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. You've just woken up, comprehended all this, and walked outside. What would you do in the next seven days? I'd probably call you and ask for a loan, but beyond that... (laughs) I, I would, Jordan, honestly, who?
1: yeah, wait, what? This is, dude, this is the next universe. You don't know me. Come on. <laughs> um, I would, for one thing, I would, Honest. this sounds so dumb probably, but I would start the podcast that I have now because now I know, man, if I could do that all over again, holy cow, don't even get me started. But I would, I would start that resource. And then I would probably make sure I had a cell phone so I could call reporters and tell them I was from another universe. But Well, I don't know how well that would go over. But I would definitely start the informational resources that we have here. If, I'm, if food and shelter are taken care of, I know that if I build this value that I am currently offering with the Art of Charm and the podcast, that it will build the business that I need. In fact, I, I'm sure I could do it much quicker with all of the experience that I have now. I mean, it would probably take me, I don't even want to think about it because it makes me sad how quickly I can do (laughs) what took me so long the first time around.
0: Jordan, that sounds like the most brilliant answer I have ever heard on the 596 episodes of Entrepreneur on Fire. So that was not dumb at all, my friend. And I have so enjoyed hearing your stories, your journeys, your inspiration. Let's end by you giving Fire Nation, Jordan, one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Sure. Uh, one of the golden rules and one of the things that almost became a slogan at The Art of Charm is probably the best piece of advice I can give anything, which is leave everything better than you found it or leave everyone better than you found them. And that is- encompasses all of the value giving, all of the, the art of charm, essentially in one, in one single sentence if I had to. And that means that you're always trying to help people. You're always trying to give them a valuable experience. You're always trying to figure out how to help create a better a better experience of you for others. And that doesn't mean being something you're not. It doesn't mean anything uh, uh, disingenuous. What it does is it means looking at your strengths and your talents and figuring out how you can leverage those to help other people. And it's really the hallmark of a strong man or a strong person to figure out how they can deliver value to others. And so if you get really good at it, you'll be known as that person. And honestly, that's what all 255 of our podcasts have been about over the last seven years. is really how to leave everything better than you found it and uh, how to be known for just that. So I would say, guys, if you want to learn more about relationship development, networking, essentially, and of course, dating and relationship skills for guys, go to theartofcharmpodcast.com or check us out in iTunes. And I would love a review that says, I heard about this from Entrepreneur on yeah. Fire. And it's five stars. So <laughs> everybody should do that. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll give a direct link to that, Jordan, on the show notes page, eofire.com. Fire Nation, just type in Jordan into our search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Jordan, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation, creating a successful business takes a lot of hard work, including figuring out how to make your content and the products and services you offer unique. Wondering where to start? How about with your website? If you're looking for an all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a unique website that will help you stand out from the crowd, then check out Squarespace. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com, use offer code FIRE.